0: You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. I want to keep talking about the baptism of Jesus this week. We we kind of touched on it last week, but... Um, All the pastors were taught, want to talk about it again this week because I feel like it's so foundational. Um, what Jesus hears from God in this moment, this just regular moment of baptism. Um, many of us have been baptized, right? I don't know if a voice, an audible voice has come from heaven. If so, that is really cool. That, um, all of the Gospel writers, except for Matthew, recorded that happening when Jesus was baptized and 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 the words that Jesus hears and the change it represents in the world for all of us, I think, is worth talking about again. So that's our um, our topic tonight. Jesus is baptized like a regular person. He comes up out of the water and hears this voice from heaven, "This is my beloved." son who brings me great joy now because i think jesus is is meant to be followed and he's for everyone he's kind of like every person's person that that he i think that's part of what the son of man name for himself he always called himself the son of man part of that means like just like an everyday joe kind of guy because he was that, that person to identify with us, even as God, I think these words from God are foundational for all of us to know who we really are. Like Jesus's belovedness applies to us too. Receiving and understanding this truth, um, it, and it may sound really basic, it may sound really basic to you for the next 20 minutes, but Go with me if you can. Receiving this truth that we are God's beloved children, that we bring God great joy, that God's favor rests on us, I think is so central to the spiritual journey and to real conversion in the way of Jesus. Knowing that we are beloved is the origin and fulfillment of life in the Spirit. I'm making kind of a big deal about it right now because I think it actually requires a a big change of heart and mind in us. Um, I think this is not how most of us just naturally think about ourselves and God. Um, In spite of all of our self-esteem education in this country and all the accusations of narcissism that we get, in spite of the fact that every kid receives a medal for participation these days, Um, I think that deep down, self-rejection is way more common, unfortunately, than claiming our belovedness. Self-criticism and doubt and despair are probably more common than peace and security and joy in God. I think lots of people spend a lot of their time unconsciously looking for someone or something else to convince them of their belovedness instead of receiving it from God. So we're talking about it today because I think we need to be on the journey of understanding and resting in our belovedness if we really want to keep making a difference in the world. And we are, and I think we do. So this revelation was a big part of my conversion to Christian faith in my twenties. I wasn't thinking about Jesus's baptism at all, but I was walking home one day from work in center city, kind of consumed with these sad beliefs about myself that I was failing in life and how alone I felt. And all of a sudden the sky seriously seemed to like open up and... Um, this sense of overwhelming love and acceptance from God just kind of, uh, it felt like it like literally came down on me so much so that I think I sat down on the sidewalk and looked like a huge weirdo in center city, but it surprised me so much. I don't know if it was like the light that Paul saw on the Damascus road or like this voice that Jesus heard from heaven, but it changed so much of what I thought about Jesus and myself in that moment. Up until that point, even though I believed kind of intellectually that God was loving, I, also, I think what I really felt that God felt about me was a lot of disapproval. Um And so shame kind of unconsciously ran me around a lot of the time. And here I was hearing something totally different, just this magnanimous love and delight for me that I, I couldn't really avoid or deny. So years later, I got that new name, Beloved, tattooed on my arm so that I wouldn't forget this truer, new identity. Um, And I connected a lot with Henry Nowen's Life of the Beloved that talks about understanding our belovedness in these three or four basic ways that we're chosen, that we're blessed, that we're broken, and that we are given or meant to be shared. Um... So I want to go through those four aspects in his book today um briefly because I think as soon as we get a glimpse of this being beloved where we are on this journey to fully becoming it um this journey of becoming the beloved the deepest currents of our lives have to manifest themselves on the surface um, in concrete ways, right? And this is the process of incarnation, this, this becoming the new creation that I think Gwen is talking about. Like how we think and talk and eat and drink and play and work all revealed that deeper stuff that we believe about God and about ourselves, and so I think incarnation and becoming the new creation is for all of that concrete stuff in our lives to, to reveal this belovedness, our belovedness to God. So the first part of being beloved um, that Nowin talks about is being taken or chosen. Sorry to compare us to loaves of bread, but I think it's, I think it's a good image for the body of Christ each one of us must understand that for all of eternity, we've been known and loved and intentioned by God. None of us are accidents. In spite of what we might have heard from family or peers, each one of us is deeply meant to be in very particular ways, our chosenness doesn't mean that others aren't chosen. Um, like getting picked for a softball team, which I never was because I would avoid the ball, um, and pick flowers in the outfield. It's not like that. It's, it's the other way. It's like understanding our chosenness to God creates kind of this well of desire to let other people know how chosen they are too. So belonging to God calls us into a life of inclusion, not exclusion. The competitive and greedy and power-hungry nature of the world will cause you to doubt your belonging to God, as you know. So Henry Nouwen says it's, it's the greatest spiritual discipline of our lives to reclaim Our chosenness by God every day, especially when the voices of failure and worthlessness creep in um, and our moods go up and down. I don't know about you, but one day I can feel like, you know, just taken life by the reins and feel so great about that. And the next day I can just feel so defeated. He says we should expect the world to accept or reject us according to its shallow agenda. I ate too many chips in the in-between time. But the truth of who we are as priceless to God, the truth of who we are is that we are as priceless, that we are priceless to God and held safe in an everlasting embrace. This is true even when relationships in our lives end or we lose the job or we're faced with the crisis. That's the truth of who we are. And then it's really time to claim, to claim the truth so that we don't disappear to rejection and isolation mm-hmm. and, and depression. Secondly, I think we'll know more about who God is and who we are if we receive the blessings that come to us. In Latin, the word bless is benedicere. Which implies speaking good these good things about about us. I think we need to hear good things spoken about us. And I guarantee, if you're part of a cell, you will have that experience. As people get to know you, they will say good thing, good true things about you. The Bible is full of good things spoken about you. You should read that too. And let the Holy Spirit illuminate it for you. But there are many other ways that blessings come to us if we have the, the eyes to see them. I put a picture up here of a mother blessing. <coughs> because this is one of my favorite things we do as a community. And it might look a little overly intimate. To be, I'll be like touching the pregnant lady. But... I think parenthood is one of those, um, and lots of other things are, are, is an experience that is chock full of the invitation toward intimacy with God. Um, and so we, we literally try to embrace that in this ceremony and bless, bless the woman to be born a mother and to be keep, and, and to keep being mothered by God even as she's pouring herself out um, in mothering. So it's not like a, like a baby shower where you know you, the baby's getting a bunch of stuff. This is really for the mother to hear these words of truth spoken over her and to her so, so that she can face the particular fears um, that she brings to the journey and um, hear her strengths. We try to meet her like God in that. And encourage her that she can, in fact, do this difficult work. I think we need these blessings, all of us mothers or not. We need these blessings to reveal the truth of who we are in God. And I think we can receive them a lot through through the presence of others. Now, and also recommends that the other way. The other big way we can receive this sense of blessing from God is through prayer, and I totally agree with him. Not prayer that involves us saying a bunch of stuff to God, necessarily, um, but prayer that involves listening long enough to hear God saying good things to us about us. This is the real work of prayer, now and says, to become silent and listen to the voice that says good things about us. He recommends half an hour a day of that meditative listening. I don't know if you have that kind of time in your, in your day, but I think in my experience it often takes that long to get through the, the judgments and the criticisms that we have about ourselves and others. Long enough to hear something that reflects more of the truth about us, more of the the light in us that shows where we're going with the risen Jesus. So I want to read you um, some of Henry's words about prayer. He says it better. Often you will feel that nothing happens in your prayer. You say, "I'm just sitting here and getting distracted." But if you develop the discipline of spending one half hour a day listening to the voice of love, you will gradually discover that something is happening of which you were not even conscious. It might be only in retrospect that you discover the voice that blesses you. You thought that what happened during your time of listening was nothing more than a lot of confusion, but then you discover yourself looking forward to your quiet time and missing it when you can't have it. The movement of God's spirit is very gentle, very soft and hidden. It does not seek attention. But that movement is also very persistent, strong and deep. It changes our hearts radically. The faithful discipline of prayer reveals to you that you are the blessed one and gives you the power to bless others. Thirdly, I think the way we know ourselves more fully in God is actually to claim our brokenness. Each human being suffers in a way that no other human being suffers. And the first step toward healing is not to step away from the pain, but to step toward it. And it sounds really easy to just say it, But you probably know as well as I do that it's not fun to step toward our pain, and it's very inconvenient. When you have a crack in your windshield, you have to drive slowly, right, to kind of baby the crack. I like to drive fast, and I like to feel like I have no limitations. (laughs) But the truth is that I'm wounded in particular ways that might take a lifetime to heal. And the more I care about that and know that Jesus cares about that, the less accidents I cause and the more that I'm able to care for others. Furthermore, Jesus calls us to suffer if we want to follow him. And truly, I think this is the way to know God in Jesus. So running from hardship and trying to avoid our pain, especially the pain of a broken heart, it makes a lot of sense, but it's counterproductive. The anguish that results from rejection and separation and neglect and manipulation serves only to paralyze us when we keep running from it. We need guidance in our suffering, and it comes through this acknowledgement of what's really going on with us. We need people to stand with us in it and assure us that there is peace beyond the anguish and life beyond death and love beyond fear. I think that can put our brokenness under, under this new blessing instead of letting it confirm the curses that we um, might be tempted to believe about ourselves, that we're useless or worthless or unlovable, none of that is true. What is true is that we need to be saved and cared for by God and his body. Which brings me to the last point. Being beloved is about being given and shared with others. My favorite show right now, The Kaminsky Method, was reminding me of this this weekend, um, was reminding me of how much we need this, like to be given to each other. I, lo- I like this show because it's about how two friends come together to kind of tolerate the indignities of getting older even though they are rich white men. They have a couple indignities. Um, and these indignities are made more tolerable by sharing them with each other. But they have some limits to being shared on the show that I actually don't think we have in the body of Christ. For example, Michael Douglas's character for, forgets to pay his taxes for a couple years. And the IRS is about to take his business, as the IRS does. And his friend Norman decides to offer him the money with no strings attached. But they both think that no strings attached is actually the biggest string that could ever be attached. And um, Michael Douglas's ego just can't handle it. And so he keeps trying to pay Norman back like little bits of money at a time after that moment. I think this wildness of the new, of being the new creation, of growing into the new creation is that we're actually equipped and empowered to really do that no strings attached kind of love. It, it's a real miracle in the spirit, but I think that's really who we are as the beloved. The ego shrinks under the free and generous love of God. It, it can shrink the fear that we're not lovable if we don't earn love on our own as if we could. That baby, that distracting baby is part of my cell and I love it so much. He <laughs> distracts our cell all night long. I have one more example in closing of how our belovedness calls us to be given and shared and how it and how it shrinks the fear of what could happen to us if we if we give ourselves to each other like that. The movie Klaus. Uh, how many of you guys like watched it over Christmas? A couple of us. I think it's this great example of how we're all called to be. Um, post people, um, as in like the male person and deliver this grace of God, even to people and situations who are defended against it. So the main character in this movie is this skinny little post guy, um, who gets in the, into the business of, of delivering toys to really depressed and isolated little kids. And the toy maker goes with him and enables him to get through the barriers, these like super defended houses with these mean parents and get this and get the toy to the little kid, which gives them all this, um, great joy. And so I think, so I want to show you this clip and in the, um, in the hope, That God, I think God is kind of like the toy maker in this, empowering us to face the scary stuff so that we can give our gifts to those who need it. So check it out with me. Please open this. Why are you doing this to me? Oh no. You win. What do you want? Money? My dad's got plenty of it. You can write him a ransom note. You can write, right? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll write it for you. Ah! He'll never know it's me. I'll make it sound like it's from you. I'll use monosyllabic words, man. Please, 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 please. will be out of here. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Ah! Up, open up, open up, come on, 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 come i come please... So part of why I wanted, to, I wanted to watch that with you is because I wonder if we're going to need more audacity in 2020 to really, really be the beloved community that God is making us to be. I think that lots of people are feared up and and armed up and and locked down. Sometimes we're those people too, right? Somebody needs to break down those walls of indifference and isolation and confusion with courage and joy. So I think we could do a lot more great, fun things together as we claim, as we really claim our sense of belovedness in Christ and share that chosenness and that blessedness, and yes, even our brokenness with others here in Philly. You are more beloved by God than you could ever know. And hopefully we'll have lots of opportunity this year to keep growing into that. Jesus, thank you for a new year. Help us to keep claiming the truth of our identity in you, even when the world tells us that we are less than we are. Help us to um, believe you. Thank you for the example in Jesus, for your identification with us, um, for sharing your life actually with us. Empower us, Lord, this year to receive that and to um, and give us courage in sharing it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at sirgolthope.net.